welcome back to the Thrillers by the Book Club podcast. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Olivia. And we are so excited to be talking to you today about thrillers. Miss Chelsea, I think yeah. we have some really special guests here with us today, right? We do. We have two Yay. guests here today, which is very okay. exciting. Amy and Carrie, and they are from the Perks of Being a Book Lover podcast, which I was Ooh. lucky enough to be on episode 131, and it was super fun. And so we Aww. wanted to have them on here. So welcome, Amy and Carrie. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Welcome. We're on another podcast with two other hosts. So it's like, (laughs) it's just like a little pod of podcasters. Yes, a little pod of podcasters. I'm into it. (laughs) And this time we get to sit back and just, you know, cool our heels, be like, okay, we are in charge. Listen, yeah. Yeah, nice. That's what I always feel like too when we get to go on someone else. I'm just like, let's, like, yeah. I don't have to do all I, the work. Honestly, though, I feel like it's harder to go on someone else's because they ask you questions and you're like, what are my hobbies? What is my name? I don't know. Like, it's hard. <laughs> well, Amy said something about, you know, because you had sent us all the nice prep stuff, what, what uh-huh. we should have ready. And, and Amy was like, what about similar reads? And I'm like, that's too much work. I'm not doing yeah. that. Like, yeah, <laughs> if I can't exactly. think of it off, the, I'm like, I just don't have any. There you go. Oh, we so. did. Like, I, did. I am a super prepper, so I did it. I went back through my Goodreads list and I found three similar reads. <laughs> oh I'm my super God. excited about because I'm an overachiever in that way. Yes. So, I love it. I love that. <laughs> well, that's great. I think that's great because that's just who you guys are, and that's what we want here. It's yeah. just natural, perfect. Okay, so for both of you, tell us about yourselves. Tell us about how you got into podcasting, all that good stuff. Yeah. Carrie, do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? Well, I I mean, my part is Amy strong-armed me into (laughs) podcasting. No, she had this, she had been wanting to do this. And my schedule, I kind of have like, I don't know, I did like gig work before everybody did gig work. So for any number of years, I've had all of these sort of part-time jobs. And so Amy was like, you know, you want to do this? And I kept putting her off because I was I had all this stuff going on. And finally, I was like, okay, we'll do it. Okay, Amy, take it away. There you go. That's my part. <laughs> That's my contribution. <laughs> so I have been a big podcast listener for a while. A friend of mine, a long time ago, I didn't even really know what podcasts were. And she introduced me to Serial which is the first podcast oh, yes. or listen to the Brilliant. True Crime podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so after that, like I just, you know, I found a bunch of podcasts that I like and especially reading podcasts. And I really don't know why I decided I wanted to do a podcast. I think I just thought it would be fun to talk about books. And so yeah. Carrie and I have been in a book club together for almost 20 years. And oh, wow. I mean, we were friends. We'd we'd known each other that long, but I wouldn't say that we were like super, super close friends. We had been in play groups together with our little kids and, and, you know, different things. So we knew each other, but maybe not as well as, definitely not as well as we do now. And I'm not really sure why I singled her out. I just, I always thought, (laughs) I always thought Carrie was really funny. She always made me laugh. And I just thought that our chemistry would be really good. Although I'm not even sure that I thought it through that deeply at the time. I just thought, no, she's the one I need to do it with. And so when she first told me, yeah, no, I don't really think I have time to do that. I didn't ask anybody else. I just thought, okay, I'll just wait. And eventually I think she'll want to do it with me. And she did eventually. 
and that's touch. amazing. You just knew. You just knew. Just, it's like it's like a good well, melon. You just know. Well, yeah. I think I think part of it too. Now, maybe I think this has gotten worse since we started doing the podcast. But I think that so we have been in this book club for a really long time, and I think there's some people who are in book club and they read the. 12 books a year, and that's it. I think Amy and I are similar in that we both really love to read. We both read a lot of books. And I think she knew that I get kind of wonky and weird and nerd out about books. And so I don't know that had she asked somebody who only reads the 12 books, they'd be like, why would yeah. I want to do this? Whereas yeah, there, wouldn't me, be enough of, there wouldn't be enough of a pot there to be a podcast because right, you, right, you should right. talk about all the books, right? Right, so, right, right. But we are also both middle-aged. So I turned 50 last year. Carrie's going to be turning 50 this year. So there was, when we started, a little bit of a technology disconnect. Yeah. Trying to, I mean, we, I'm like, great, let's do a podcast. Okay, how do we do a podcast? Like, I don't right. know how we do that, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so we, we hired had, teenagers. We hired teenagers to show Smart. us. Oh Smart. my gosh. That would yeah. have been the we, smarter thing to do. Chelsea and I yeah, just we were should like, have well, done that. That's genius. What? We'll figure it out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was well yeah. worth 20 bucks. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. We made yeah. a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Honestly, could have saved a lot of hours. <laughs> when oh, we no, first started out, we were, when we first started out, we were mainly focusing on our local literary scene regionally. Yeah. And we interviewed people in person and that worked oh, really cool. well for us. And, and I enjoyed that, you know, having that interaction with people, but then COVID happened. And so right. we're like, well, if we're going to have a podcast, we're going to have to change everything we're doing. And so that's when we started recording remotely, like we're doing today. And now we interview people all over the world. So it really was kind of a blessing. And I enjoyed it the other way, but this has, you know, expanded our horizons so much more. Yeah. So. And it's nice that you can reach like so many more people mm -hmm. when you're doing it virtually. So who are some of the guests that you've had on your podcast before? Like some of your favorites that you can remember? Alex E. Harrow is one of my favorites. You know, she is a fantasy writer and her book, The 10,000 Doors of January, maybe mm -hmm. you've heard oh, about yeah. one of the mm -hmm. ones future witches. We interviewed her in our very first season because she lived not very far away from where we live. That was super exciting because she had been nominated for a Hugo and it was a really exciting time for her. So that was one of my favorites. Well, you know, something that's a little different about our podcast, too, is we don't just interview. Well, you all kind of do the same thing. We have like regular readers, you know, what I consider yeah. like, yeah. Just, you know, people who read, <laughs> just people who read. Yeah. But we also have authors. And so yeah. I love doing the authors, but sometimes you get some really interesting things from regular readers. Like we interviewed somebody who works with a, a university press and they have had a lot of really great books coming out. and. She was the person who, I guess, chooses the books that they publish. And when we asked her to tell us some, you know, some fun things about her personally so we could ask her about it, she really didn't. She said, oh, I'm not that interesting. And then when we started talking to her on the air, she said, oh, yeah, I, well, I guess I did have a dinosaur themed wedding. Um, that's super interesting. <laughs> what? I want to know everything about that. What? I know. Like, what do you yeah, why didn't you tell us that? So we scrapped everything else we had. Right. And we just talked to her about her dinosaur themed wedding that that she had. Right. And he cares about anything else. That's right. Well, that's incredible. Anyway, so it's 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 really fun to even if yeah. they're not, you know, famous writers, people are just so interesting anyway. We've interviewed authors that people have heard of, but we've found some, I wouldn't say diamonds in the rough, but just writers that people haven't heard of. But Jeremy Hance 
wrote a book called Baggage, Confessions of a Globetrotting Hypochondriac. And it was so good. He has OCD and I have OCD and he loves to travel and I love to travel. And so I felt like there was this kindred. I was like, oh, I I totally get you, man. So that was a book I never would have discovered and we never would have chatted with him without the podcast. So yeah, that's super cool, especially when you find something in common with them and you're just like, oh, my gosh, that just feels like a whole new level of connecting. Yeah. For sure. That's so cool. So our podcast is like, we're really pretty much thrillers. We have some horror on here, but you guys are reading like wide. You have a wide eclectic Mm -hmm. taste. What are your favorite genres you tend to go towards? I like sci-fi and fantasy. I mean, I'll read pretty much anything, but I tend to like things that are not happy. Yeah. Like (laughs) if... You know, like like, uh, This Little Life, like that one. No, I haven't read that. But yeah. that that would be on my list. I read my mm. book recommendation, I guess it was for last year for our book club, was Wave. Have you heard of that? It's a memoir. As you no. can see, I like memoirs. It's about this woman wrote a memoir. Her Her husband and her two children and her parents were all killed in a tsunami. Oh, wow. And it's about, yeah. And it's about how she, Sonali Durrani Yagala, had to basically, you know, survive this. And okay. she's actually now married to the woman, the actress who plays Harry Potter's aunt in all in the Harry Potter movies. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. Uh, so anyway, so, you know, she'd been married, had two children, and then literally her whole family was wiped wow. out in the tsunami that oh, she survived. Gosh. That was my book club pick for last okay, year. Yeah. Right? You know, okay. so do you get a sense of what type of, I, I like heavy, bleak, dark books. <laughs> well, it sounds like you like cry books. So <laughs> yeah, See, we're not compatible. <laughs> everything is happy and wonderful i'm like boring oh yeah yeah Yeah. i I feel like we talk about that too because that's why we like thrillers right like the dark mysterious twisty messed up stuff but if it's too happy then it's just like well sometimes those are nice like as a palate cleanser but no 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 that will literally (laughs) like knock it down on romance always if it has any romance i'm like i hated this book if it has any like oh it might be happily ever after goodbye like i don't want to hear that i'm not (laughs) reading thrillers to hear about your happy meet cute in the park that's horrible yeah (laughs) it's funny because amy and i just had a conversation this morning about whether there's a heaven or not and i'm like i hope not because that sounds so dull you like if every Everything's going your way and everything's perfect. Like, what is there? To, God, that uh, okay. No. But let me give no, you no. this perspective. What if your heaven is what you enjoy? And so maybe your heaven is like a bunch of like needles, maybe. I don't know what you're into. Uh, or like yeah. a big giant cloud of sadness or just like puppies. <laughs> Who knows? But it's like tailored to every individual person, maybe. Oh, and so then it's like okay. it's happy for happy people. But like if you're a normal person, it's like Netflix. You know? Okay. 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 So I never know. Like if I need happy, I could. I yeah. could dial into happy. But if I'm like, I need something else, then right. Okay. Then you can then just be like, I'm over it. Get this I could out go, of here. I could go along with that. It's just if okay. heaven is all like cherubs and lollipops yeah. and uh, cherubs are terrifying. To be honest. <laughs> Like, that's a baby, but they talk like an adult, right? Like, they talk in a yeah. man voice. Yeah, but it's, they're it's, a baby. it's super creepy. 
haunting, not idyllic, very scary. All right. Anyway, <laughs> Amy, what what do you like to read, Amy? I, I sort of bogarted I, that whole section. You did. I've got now. I've got like thirty seconds to tell people what kind no, of books no. I like. <laughs> so no, no, I, no. I I don't mind reading a heavy book every now and then, but I don't like to read only sad heavy books. I have to intersperse yeah. them. I like. Um, I used to read a lot of historical fiction. I'm a little burnt out on that right now, unless it's really different in some way. Um, mm-hmm. I like literary fiction. I like mysteries. I like creative nonfiction, like Killers of the Flower Moon by David oh, Brannon. Yeah. I like true crime. I like horror, some horror. Magical as long realism. As it doesn't have worms in it. No worms. I'm kind of okay. anti-worm. Oh. Um, yeah. I'm on board I, with that. Yeah. I like magical realism. I really don't care for science fiction most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantasy. I l- can do a fantasy, but I don't like the high fantasy where they make this whole new world and have a glossary and like, right. that's not my jam. So I don't know. I read pretty widely. I like memoir. I like some YA. So I'll try almost anything. Yeah. Once. I'm kind of all over the board. No, that's awesome. And you mentioned a second ago, Carrie, that like you chose a book for your book club. So is that how the book club you're both in works? Is it like every member gets to choose a book or how's that set up? So we have more members than there are months. And so sure. some members don't. It, it's kind of like if you agree to host, then you get to choose the book. Okay. So the, oh. we make sure that we have enough people who are willing to host. I always tend to choose a month where not that many people are going to attend. So like summer months, July, (laughs) August. Yeah. And the books I tend to pick are real like buzzkills. And so usually (laughs) attendance is lower in months where I am hosting. But that is okay with me because I don't like crowds and I'm not a great host. Like I remember about (laughs) six seconds before everybody comes over that like, oh, I don't have any matching anything. And so I'm like pulling out old birthday plates from like when my son had birthdays you know like well this is from when they were six and here's a happy retirement napkin and (laughs) I am not the hostess with the mostest so so you're like let me pick the most depressing book and then maybe you guys will show up maybe not or maybe not which is okay too Man, book club with you sounds fun. Carrie makes herself sound really, really horrible, but she's actually very, very funny. And even though she is a little bit horrible, she makes you laugh. (laughs) I don't kick puppies or anything. No, you don't kick her. Unless they're in your way. And then it's like, what are you going to do? I'll kick them, but I will nudge. Nudge. Maybe a little (laughs) firmly. Well, um, do you guys have, so you're reading widely. Do you guys have auto buy authors that are just like the second they come out, you're going to get it or pre-order or whatever? Yes. I like T. Kingfisher. Yes. I, Mm -hmm. I like her stuff a lot. Do you have one, Carrie, while I'm I'm thinking? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I know yours. I know yours, Jasmine Ward. Jasmine Ward is an automatic buy for you. I am not. No, I don't automatically buy it. I don't automatically buy anything. Okay, I mean, how about an automatic read? The, it oh, automatically okay. goes on your TBR. Okay, I will agree with that. Okay, okay, okay. I am, I am Here, like there, we have very a, you know, a lot of our listeners also just do libraries and things like that. Yeah. Like you don't have yeah. to buy books. That's the right. beauty of books. You can totally borrow them yeah. from okay. a library. Yeah. yeah. But also like- I am really not, particular. For me to buy anything, 
I'm like, how much do I need this toothpaste? Really? You know, I mean, I'm very frugal. No, do buy toothpaste. Okay. So now that we're not mincing words, who is somebody that you is a automatic read for you or goes on your TBR list? Okay. Jasmine Ward. I would agree with that. Okay. Uh, Mary, Mary Roach. Mary Roach is one of yours, I would say. Wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah. Do you know who Mary Roach is? She wrote Stiff and she oh, yeah. wrote Dog. Uh-huh. But she has like these kind of gross. Yeah. Stiff was really gross. I liked it though. Yeah, I did yeah. too. Yeah. It was good. Uh, Bonk. And... That's the one about sex. Bonk. Yeah, there is oh, one. Yeah. About I'm there looking is... at it on Goodreads right now. She's got quite a few. Yeah. Well, this person, she was a guest on our show and I loved her book so much, Tracy Clark. And she writes police mm-hmm. procedurals. And yeah. she had one that came out in December called Hide. And even though she, like, she only has one book in this series, she is now an automatic read for me because I love that book so much. And she has a new one coming out. So that, that's one that is a sort of a mystery thriller that is somebody that I really enjoy. Um, okay, Olivia, pub day? Yes, okay, pub day. Today what, what? is Tuesday, August 8th, and we have eight books for 888 today. Um, nice. I felt very clever doing that. Thank you nice. so much. Okay, so smart. <laughs> this is where I am today. The first one is Dark Corners by Megan Golden Yay. from St. Martin's Press. I covered that in episode 29. You can take a listen to that for a review. Up next is None of This is True by Lisa Jewell from Atria Books. I feel like everybody's got that on their radar. Mr. Magic by Kirsten White from Del Rey. Yeah. 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 We just interviewed her in our last episode, episode 38. So you can check that out to hear more about Kirsten and how she came up with everything for the book. The next one is 101 Horror Books to Read Before You're Murdered by Sadie Hartman, a.k.a. Mother Horror. You can listen to episode 36 of our interview with her, um, and she talks about her book there as well. So for the synopsis books, the first one is called Looking Glass Sound by Katriana Ward from Tor Nightfire. Yes, love this cover. Obsessed with it. Okay, the cover is like the inside of a cave that looks like a skull, and it's looking out to an ocean. It looks amazing. Skull cave, um, love it. Yeah. Okay, so in a cottage overlooking the windswept main coast, Wilder Harlow has begun the last book he will ever write. It is a story about the sun-drenched summer days of his youth in Whistler Bay and the blood-stained path of the killer that stalked his small vacation town. About the terrible secret he and his companions, Nat and Harper, discovered entombed in the coves off the bay, and how the pact they swore that day echoed down the decades, forever shaping their lives. But the more Wilder writes, the less he trusts himself in his memory. He starts to see things that can't be real. Notes hidden in the cabin from an old friend now dead, a woman with dark hair drowning in the icy waters below, calling for help, entire chapters he doesn't recall typing appearing overnight. Who or what is haunting Wilder? (laughs) No longer able to trust his own eyes, Wilder begins to fear that this will not only be his last book, but the last thing he ever does. Okay, and love. Patreon Award, she wrote Last House on Needless Street, which I think is like point of view yeah. of a cat. I mean, oh. Yeah, super interesting. You got me interested. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. It's still horror, so just like heads up on That's that. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, the next one is North of Nowhere by Allison Brennan from Minotaur Books. 
After five years in hiding from their murderous father, the day Kristen and Ryan McIntyre have dreaded has arrived. Boyd McIntyre, head of the Los Angeles crime family, has at last tracked his kids to a small Montana town and is minutes away from kidnapping them. They barely what? escape in a small plane, but gunfire hits the fuel line. The pilot, a man who's been raising them as his own, manages to crash land in the middle of the Montana wilderness. The siblings hike deep into the woods, searching desperately for safety, unaware of the severity of the approaching storm. Wow, they're like having a time here. Yeah, that's an aggressive um, start, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Why this is, is going to be shooting a- their plane. That's it's too far. It's a thriller. Okay. Yeah. Boyd's sister Ruby left LA for the army years ago, cutting off contact in order to help keep her niece and nephew safe and free from the horrors of the McIntyre clan. So when she gets an emergency call that the plane has gone down with the kids inside, she drops everything to try to save them. Way to go, aunt. I'm down for that. Mm-hmm. As the storm builds, Ruby isn't the only person looking for them. Boyd has hired an expert tracker to find and bring them home. And rancher Nick Lorenzo knows these mountains better than anyone and doesn't understand why the kids are running. Is on and he's on their trail too. Well, that okay. Uh, but there's a greater threat to Chris. Get out of the sky. I know. Why are you, of course, you're running. I just dumb. Uh, but there's a greater threat to Kristen and Ryan out there, more volatile than the incoming blizzard, more dangerous than the family they ran from, or the natural predators they encounter. Who finds them first could determine if they live or die. Ranger, so, Ranger finds them first. I'm calling it now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. He's a crazy man. Okay. And the ranger um, finds them, he gets them in his cop car, he starts taking them to safety, then the kind of hitman kidnapper guy comes, breaks it down, grabs them, runs away, but the cop finally gets them in the end. Chelsea yeah. just told you the whole plot of the book. I feel wow. like, okay. I feel like <laughs> that's what I, like I would guess. One of us has to read it so we can come back and say if you were right or not. So the next one is In a Quiet Town by Amber Garza from Mira. Um, a woman discovers that her strange, estranged daughter is missing, but no one believes her until she meets a man claiming to be her daughter's fiance. Tatum hasn't seen her daughter, Adrian, in years, not since Tatum's husband, the pastor in their small California town, all but disowned her. When she finally gathers the courage to secretly reconnect with Adrian, Tatum's thrilled she's even willing to talk to her, but then Adrian disappears. Tatum tries desperately to get the police or her husband to take her daughter's disappearance seriously, but no one will listen until a mysterious man shows up. Okay, so why did that repeat? Oh, anyway, whatever. It's a relief to finally have someone who believes her, someone who's trying as hard as she is to find out where Adrian is, but can she trust that the stranger is who he says he is, and can she find her daughter before it's too late? Um, yes, she, she can. So Amber Garza also had the book called A Mother Knows, yep. and that came out december of 2022 and it came out it was like the only one we had on the pub day because it was like right by christmas or whatever yep. so i just want to call out like check out that book too because i feel like poor amber because it's like christmas time you know that they don't not do sure. a lot of publicity and stuff so sure amber, it makes check great out christmas her two presents though so they do that yeah, it does. It does. Great choice. All right. Last one here uh, is literally called The Last One by Will oh D. Oh, my gosh. What? <laughs> <laughs> when Kaz steps on board the exclusive cruise liner RMS Atlantica, it's the start of a, of a vacation of a lifetime with her new love, Pete. On their first night, they explore the ship, eat, dance, make friends. But when Kaz wakes the next morning, Pete is missing. Mm-hmm. When she walks out into the corridor, all the cabin doors are open. To what? her horror, she soon realizes that the that the entire ship is completely empty. No passengers, no crew, nothing but her. The Atlantica is steaming into the mid-Atlantic, and Kaz is the only person on board. But that's just the beginning of the terrifying journey she finds herself trapped on in this white knuckled mystery. 
Okay, um, I wish they so had. Good. I, I know. Ding 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 ding, that's the one I would choose. That's the one. Yeah. I wish I had it right now because we're going on a cruise next week and that's a perfect book to read. I'm going to freak oh myself out. No, I love that stuff. I love reading like plane crash books on a plane. Like, oh, it, oh God. Atmosphere. I can't do it. That's why like I can't. I still have not read Drowning or Falling, even though I know Ugh. that they're going to be great. I'm just so petrified. Well, I'm going to happen. Don't read Falling, but Drowning is good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great, 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 great. Don't worry about it. Anyway, that was called The Last One by Will Dean. So congratulations, authors, on Pub Day and whoop, readers. Whoop. I hope you found something new to pick up this week. There are a lot of options out there. And I'm just going to give a second shout out again to 101 Horror Books to Read Before You're Murdered by Sadie Hartman, a.k.a. Mother Horror. Uh, we love her from the Bookstagram community. So it looks so good. Get it. Get it today. Today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Today. So the book that I am talking about today is an old one. It came out in July of 2013. Oh, uh, shit. And I've never Girl. heard of her any other her other books at all, ever. So I'm going to be talking about Night Film by Marisha Pessel. Oh, um, okay. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, right. like, She had one of hers. Yeah, Never World Wake. She has yeah. one called Never yeah. World Wake that we read. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. I saw all her other books and I was like, I've never seen any of you one time. I don't know what any of these are, but now I'm a fan. So that's good to know. Maybe that's the next one I read. So is a journey. This book was over 600 pages. Um, that's right. So I was that's a reading it for a long time. Like the fact that I finished it, first of all, I needed an award. The yeah, fact you do. that I liked it, shocking. Like, it was just, it was a journey. So, Night Film is about Ashley Cordova, um, and she's a woman who jumps to her death one night in an abandoned warehouse. The book follows investigative journalist Scott McGrath. He has studied Ashley's father, Stanislaw Cordova, and knows that there's more going on than anyone can really know because... Stanislaw makes horror movies and they have a cult following and people are obsessed with them. 30 years ago, he disappeared from the public eye, but he has this really eerie reputation um, and everyone thinks that he's cursed because he brings death with him wherever he goes. So like on his movie sets, obviously now his daughter. So like death kind of follows him. So people think he was cursed. No one knows much about him. But Scott wants to learn more about him now and the Cordova family. And so he starts kind of looking into him a little bit more. My reveal, this, again, so long, very long, long, <laughs> long book. But it was good. Like It kept me interested from start to finish. So that's saying a lot for over 600 pages. It was full of interesting, really good, vivid details, a unique plot that I hadn't read something similar before. I loved hearing about the Cordova family. The horror movie cult was super cool, obviously. And all the mysterious deaths and disappearances were really interesting to read about. Every chapter, you would kind of learn something new. So it would be just layer after layer of mystery, which I thought was great. And as soon as you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I kind of understand what's going on. The next chapter would be like, so anyway, this other thing. And you're just like, oh, my gosh. I had no idea. So it was just (laughs) tens of layers. Ashley is the woman who recently committed suicide. Scott's the journalist. Stanislaus, the dad. There's a couple other people in there. And it's set in Manhattan. And then a few other locations, but mainly in Manhattan. 
So what worked is I loved the main character, Scott. I thought he was awesome. And there were two supporting characters, Hopper and Nora, that were also really great. They're all dynamic and memorable and unique. And that made it really fun to read about them. The story was very twisted, like so twisted. It messed with your mind. I love hearing that. Okay. Right? So you're like, what is literally going to happen? And it kept Mm -hmm. you on the edge of your seat. It was very intense. The writing was really descriptive. And so I could imagine it very vividly. This book, I would say, is probably like a crime fiction genre, but it did have a tiny bit of horror because mm-hmm. it examined fear and horror and myths of in families and a lot of, had a lot of different things like that. So trigger warnings are suicide, occultism, mentions of child murder, mental health issues, graphic content, sexual assault, rape, drug abuse, animal abuse, and the main character uses racial stereotypes and transphobia. So it's a lot going on. That's a lot. Um, That is a lot. You know, you had me sold till you said animal abuse. I was like, no. Sorry. Uh You could be Uh, typical to humans, but animals, I don't know. I know. I think the animal's fine, but it's just like showing the person is a horrible person because who would be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, the thing that didn't work, long so long the longest book ever <laughs> i mean the fact that you read a 600 page book because you're you you're dnf so right like that is yeah. very common dnf so long. but like the fact that you stuck through it says a yeah. lot that is already yes. like a huge 100 uh, like percent for that book. and yeah. i rated it five stars so oh, wow. wow okay oh. right. it was that what? good similar books are dark places by gillian flynn the mm-hmm. Searcher by Tana French, um, Infinite Jest by David Foster Wallace, and House of Leaves by Mark Danielowski. Um, okay. Yeah, this is a real good one from 2013. Highly recommend it. How long did it take you to read it? Like two weeks, probably. Wow, for that's you, that's pretty a lot. good. Yeah. For me, that's a lot. I, I, okay. Most books I'll read in like six hours. If it takes longer than six hours, I get annoyed. So, oh wow <laughs> yeah so this was like i know that's why i'm like shocked that's at least twice as long as your normal yes you would read. and it's yeah. like it's long and it has a lot of like wordy type prose it was a mm. long uh, it was a okay. long one okay and it was good five stars mm. that's awesome yes thank you right. okay carrie are you ready i'm ready or as ready okay. as i'm gonna be all right. Tell so you it. said you, you said yours was old. Mine is really old. So Perfect. I listened to the audiobook version of Strangers on a Train by Patricia yes. Highsmith, mm-hmm. okay. which was published in 1950. So we're going really old school on this one. So I love this voice. The story begins with shocking two strangers meeting on a train. And these guys are very different. So one is an architect who's trying to divorce his unfaithful wife, Miriam, and his name is Guy Haynes. And he wants to marry another woman who he has more in common with. And then there's Charles Bruno, who's a spoiled psychopath who latches on to Guy like varicella zoster virus and keeps coming back again and again to wreak his own special blend of havoc. And so... Murder ensues, and I won't tell you anymore because you want to read. What more do you need to say? To be honest, yeah. Murder ensues. Done. I'm sold. Okay, go. I'm on. Right. Yes. 
So <laughs> Guy's main fault at first is that he opens up to Bruno, the stranger that he meets on the train, as people sometimes do. You know, sometimes it's mm-hmm. easier to talk to people that you don't actually know. And he tells Bruno how much he hates his wife, Miriam. It, not only has she been unfaithful to him, but she also exemplifies sort of everything that he wants to escape from, um, sort of like it, what he feels is like the backwardsness of Texas. But then throughout the rest of the novel, he fails to communicate to the people who might actually help him out of this predicament. And so in his own way, you kind of realize he's just as screwy as Bruno is. So there is a latent homosexual vibe to the story. Both men have relationships with women, but there's a strange and uncomfortable feeling they give each other that has sexual tension at its edges. So I guess, you know, I don't know if that would be a trigger warning. I guess if you have a problem with that, don't read it. But, you know, if you have a problem with that, you've got a lot of other problems, too. So anyway, don't listen to this podcast, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably true. (laughs) That's not for you. Yeah, yeah. So let's see. I mentioned some of the characters, Guy Haynes, Charles Bruno. They're the main strangers. But then there's also Miriam, Guy's like lady friend, Anne, who he later marries. Guy has a terrible relationship with his father and a very weird relationship with his mother. So I guess another trigger warning would be if like weird mommy son relationships. (laughs) No, maybe just be advised. Yeah. So in terms of what worked, I mean, the whole thing worked. I had never read Patricia Highsmith prior to this book. And so I had wanted to kind of explore, you know, what she had written. So I really liked the story. I mean, it was interesting. It it kept me wanting to read. It got me thinking a lot about how people communicate and why you want to smack guy in the head, really, because you're like, dude, what's wrong with you? Why don't you just do this simple thing at the very beginning of the story? But then there wouldn't be this very interesting story, right? True. If you had done that. So I would say really the whole thing worked. I, I gave it four stars. Yay. That's a pretty good rating for me. Nice. Um, and I listen. So the audiobook is narrated by Bronson Pinchot, which if you are of a certain age, there was this show called Perfect Strangers. Does that ring a bell? They're too no. young. They're too, too young, young for think- that. So okay. sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Well, okay, here's what you need to Google later. There was a show called Perfect Strangers, and Bronson Pinchot played a character called Balky. And so you need to go watch a video of Balky speaking, because when I first listened to an audiobook narrated by Bronson Pinchot, that's the voice I was expecting. Fortunately, mm-hmm. Bronson Pinchot has an excellent non-Balky voice, He's uh, able to hmm. sort of keep that tension and suspense in the story. So he has okay. an excellent voice. So definitely, like, once I Googled it just now, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah nope, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> recognize it from the photos. And yeah. then him, Bronson Pinchot, I recognize him from, like, he was in First Wives Club. He was in a bunch of other... Okay, like, 80s, cool. 80s, 90s movies, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, and Carrie liked this book enough that she... For her book club pick this year, she picked yeah. The Talented Mr. Ripley, yes. which is probably oh, yeah. one of Patricia Highsmith's, you know, most well-known books. And there are, I think, three in the in the Mr. Ripley series. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I like her stuff. And actually, Amy just got a graphic novel that's about Patricia Highsmith. So, yeah, that I'm going to read while I'm reading the talented yeah. Mr. Ripley. And then she's going to give it to me so I can read it. So, yeah. Anyway, I'll share. I'll share. <laughs> That's a classic. I'm so glad you picked it. Uh, I like it's inspired so many other books. So, yeah. that's it. It's pretty awesome. 
That's a great choice. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And I think, you know, she was a queer writer and I think um, that was pretty unusual for that time. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's probably why there's a little bit of that theme in there. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Amy, are you ready to share your book? I am. So the book I am talking about is called Sadie by Courtney Summers. And this is a YA thriller. And it came on my radar because I always sort of have my ears open when people are talking about audiobooks, because I'm kind of particular about my audiobooks. So when someone tells me one is a really good listen, I always tag it and put it on my list. And so this is one that I had heard was really good. So this book has a really unique structure. It's in the form of a true crime podcast, and it's exploring the disappearance of a 16-year-old girl named Sadie and the death of her younger sister in a fire several months before. So we have an alternating point of view here because the host of the podcast interviews different people involved in Sadie's story, and he follows the clues to try to find her. But the other chapters are Sadie's point of view. So Sadie and her younger sister Maddie lived in a trailer in Colorado after their mother deserts them. She's an alcoholic, she's a drug addict, and she leaves them one day. And so Sadie is sort of raising her younger sister. There is a woman who is sort of like their grandmother, although she's not related to them biologically, but she sort of takes them under her wing a little bit and she keeps an eye on them. And she is the one who has hired this investigative journalist who has a podcast to try to track Sadie down. So the younger sister, Maddie, is found burnt up in a neighboring barn. And then Sadie disappears and she's trying to seek revenge for her sister's death. Nice. So Sadie is one tough girl. She's raised her little sister almost by herself. She has a very pronounced stutter that has made her the object of ridicule, but she's also super determined. And even though she's super hard on the outside, she also, you get the sense that she's just looking for someone to care about her on the inside. She's kind of like that marshmallow on the inside, but like steel on the outside kind of character. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's a hodgepodge of other characters who see Sadie as she's crossing across Colorado looking for this man that she believes killed her sister. The adoptive grandmother is really just looking for closure. She's adamant that Sadie is still alive. And then there's the journalist who's trying to solve this mystery. And it often he often feels frustrated because it seems like the trail often runs cold. This is really like a mystery wrapped up in a revenge fantasy. So I love that. Yeah. So what worked was the format of this. You know, as a podcast listener myself, I really love the multiple point of views. Um, This was a really intense book. And by using that podcast host, private investigator, it gives you sort of different perspectives, but it also breaks up some of the tension a little bit. There wasn't anything that really didn't work for me except for the subject matter. And I don't normally read books, if I know that it includes this, that has sexual abuse. And I will say Mm -hmm. that trigger warnings for this is sexual abuse and pedophilia. So as I'm reading, I'm enjoying it in some ways, but then in other parts, I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I can can really finish this. (laughs) That would really be the only thing that I would say didn't work for me. But in the end, it really did because I just, because I kept on going and the story was so compelling that I wanted to finish it. And I really enjoyed it by the end. They say this is a YA thriller, but I really think this could be 
totally for adults as well. The only thing to me making it a YA is the age of Sadie, who's 16. Mm -hmm. I agree with you, though. You can have 16-year-old protagonists and it'd be definitely an adult book. (laughs) Right, exactly. So the audio book of this was excellent. It had multiple narrators. The narrator for Sadie did the stutter and she did it so well that it made you actually like feel how hard it was for Sadie to get her words out. It was like just so visceral. So this audiobook, it won an Audi Award and the author won an Edgar Award for Best Young Adult Novel by the Mystery Writer Association of America for that year. Wow. Uh, I gave it four stars and some similar reads. Because I don't read a lot of books that deal with sexual abuse and stuff, I didn't have an exact similar, but a couple that if you like that kind of structure where it's like a podcast or a documentary, I read a book recently called Devolution by Max Brooks. And this is actually mm-hmm. a horror novel about Sasquatch in Washington State. And it Love uses it. that documentary type structure to get multiple viewpoints. That was really good. If for a book about sexual assault, I would recommend Every Bone a Prayer by Ashley Blooms. It's not a thriller. It's more magical realism, but it's the point of view of a 10-year-old girl who is also a really tough little girl. And she has some very unique things that she can manifest because of the abuse that she suffered. And it really explores how abuse feels to the victim, such that they're like a stranger in their own skin. So highly recommend that one. And then if you want a revenge fantasy type book, there's another YA thriller writer I enjoy named Brooke Lauren Davis. And her debut novel was called The Hollow Inside. But it's also about a small town. But in this one, the main character's mother wants her to help her get revenge on a man who betrayed her. But this doesn't have nearly the trigger warnings that uh, Sadie does. So it's a, it's a little yeah. calmer in that respect. But anyway, those are my similar reads. Wow. That, that is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Off the top of my head, I was also thinking Night Swim from Megan Golden also sounds mm-hmm. like, yeah. uh, like a good comp. I looked it up as you were talking on Goodreads and I was like, oh, yeah, this has been on my TBR list. Oh, <laughs> wow. Very good. good. Yeah. Now you, you've made me more excited about it. I'm not going to say I'm going to read it anytime soon because <laughs> you don't know I'm a liar. You better not. My book is going to be coming out on September 28th. It is called Sweet Little Lies by Karin wow. Nordine. And I talked about her books right near the beginning of our podcast, I think maybe episode two or three. And so this is her first standalone. The other two are part of a series. It's a psychological thriller. Five years ago, Lexi and Amber were Irish twins in high school and part of the same friend group, including Lexi's boyfriend, Riley, her best friend, Jessica, and Jessica's boyfriend, Cameron. On the night of homecoming, Amber goes missing and is found in the woods, strung up in a gruesome position with the Winwood Witch symbol carved into her Ooh. stomach. Yeah. I mean, this but the little it's a little gruesome, the descriptions around there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, the police find plenty of evidence, and to Lexi's horror, her boyfriend Riley is convicted of killing Amber and sentenced to death. However, for her father, the chief of police, something about the case doesn't sit right, and he spends years rehashing the case files. Meanwhile, one of his detectives, Newman, is convinced that Lexi had something to do with it, with the murder of her sister. That was 15 years ago, not five years ago. 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Present day, it's the week of Riley's execution. Dad's passed away. Mom is a wreck. She's an alcoholic and a hot mess. Newman is now the chief of police. And Lexi's life did not turn out the way she wanted it to. She's working as a janitor at her old high school. Oh, the worst. (laughs) Like, there was no other schools, literally. That is the worst. So they were in high school homecoming when her sister was murdered by her boyfriend. And then she's still working in the school where all of that, you know. Never. 
So anyway, she gets a letter in the mail that says, I know what you did, Lexi. And she's determined to find out who sent it, if they really know what she did, and if the police's story about what happened that night is true. My review is that it has excellent pacing, engaging prose, and really well-rounded characters. I really felt for Lexi, especially. Nordine played with several themes throughout the book, including bisexuality, reproductive rights, the death penalty, and small town thinking. Uh, so I really enjoyed the deeper stuff, and I actually saw the deeper stuff. Yay! Um, okay. What worked for me was I was gripped by needing to know what happened. I needed to know what happened the night Amber died, especially what it was that Lexi did that she was hiding from everybody. Sure. The police have overwhelming evidence against Riley. So what secret is Lexi keeping and why was the chief of police questioning everything? So really great job of building suspense. And it made me need to keep turning the page to find out more like, okay, well, what happened? What didn't work, though, is that I was able to guess several of the twists, so it felt a little predictable, although they were executed really well. And I didn't guess the last twist, and that was a pretty good one. So it's not really what didn't work. It's just it was just a little predictable. It just happened. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is set in Ohio. Um, trigger warnings is death of a child, death penalty, abortion, miscarriage, death of a parent, alcoholism, and child abuse. Rate of four stars. Similar books were Jar of Hearts by Jennifer Hillier and Catch Her When She Falls by Alison Bacola. It's, I mean, oh I really God. liked it. And again, like I've not made it a secret to listeners. I've struggled in the last couple of months on getting books read. And this, like I zoomed through it. It was just, her writing is so good and so engaging. That sounds oh, awesome. Oh, it is um, available right now on NetGalley. You can actually request it on NetGalley. And again, comes out September 28th and ebook. Cool. Okay, cool. If listeners want to find you, Carrie and Amy, where can they find you guys on social media? We're on Instagram at Perks of Being a Book Lover Pod, and we're on Facebook at Perks of Being a Book Lover, and we have a website, perksofbeingabooklover.com. Right. Sure. Awesome. And Very where can cool. people listen to your podcast? We are on any of the services where you listen to podcasts. Yay. Yeah. Awesome. As soon as we're done with this, then go ahead and start theirs. And then you'll just be caught up. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Done That's and right. done. <laughs> That's right. And, and then if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at Thrillers by the Book Club Pod on Instagram, or you can reach out to me at Thriller Book Babe or me at Olivia Day Writes. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Listeners, as always, I hope you had a great time with us. And uh, if you need to kill some time, read a thriller. Bye. Bye.